Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So what's the difference between a maverick and a narcissist? I mean, honestly, what's the real difference between the two? Well, I guess it's the difference between Kirsten Sinema, the senator from Arizona, and John McCain, the former senator from Arizona. Because the New York Times wants you to know that there's a big difference here. The hate for Senator Sinema, because Senator Sinema will not go along with the $3.5 trillion infrastructure plan. I mean, this is massive. The pressure campaign. It was Maureen Dowd of the New York Times who said... Why won't she vote for this? Doesn't she know Joe Biden needs a win? Ro Kahana, the, the representative from California, part of the squad, part of that liberal group, you gotta get in line. This is a politics is a team sport. In the New York Times in the opinion pages, it writes uh, the bipartisanship that was once a source of liberation for her seems to have become a rigid identity. There's a difference it turns out, between being a maverick and being a narcissist. And the answer, of course, is whether or not the prevailing uh, people in the world of journalism, which is to say the Democratic Party, agree or disagree with you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number of Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. John Gabriel who uh, is over there at Ricochet and writes for AZ Central, he is a man of Arizona, pointed out this piece over at New York Times and writes on Twitter that 99% of national media pieces on cinema reveal no interest in understanding her, only controlling her. That's why they keep failing. And, John, it's good to have you on the show. And very much the argument for cinema is not about where she's coming from. It's that she isn't doing what she's told. That's the prevailing wisdom of the intelligentsia that call themselves journalists today. Hey, Tony. Yeah, you're completely right. And, uh, yeah, that latest piece in the New York Times and just the general freakout among the left that she isn't doing what she's being told, uh, these are the exact same people who cheered and raved every time John McCain stuck it to the GOP and, you know, what a maverick, what a brave hero he is. And the exact same people are uh, just caterwauling because Kirsten Cinema thinks it might not be a great idea to, while we have huge inflation, while we're nearly, you know, $29 trillion in debt, she thinks it might not be the best idea for her and her constituents to spend $3.5 trillion like that's how could she be so crazy that she doesn't want to spend all this money we do not have? Um, yeah, so the hypocrisy here really is remarkable. And uh, just the tin ear, they need to understand where she's coming from and realize they only have 50 votes in the Senate. Uh, this isn't enough to pass something that would eclipse the New Deal in spending. So now let's take a step back because when we engage the conversation of Senator Cinema who ran against Martha McSally, the Republican, who is one of the great candidates on paper and translates horrifically when it comes to the actual running of a campaign. This is multiple times that Martha McSally and her team have proven they can't do it on the bigger stage, no matter how good they look on paper. 
Senator Cinema, then uh, uh, alleged, I believe just part of the state legislature, uh, she was considered a socialist. And the, the pamphlets about uh, supporting socialist events, yet when it comes to the Senate, she's been this very, very, very strange mystery wrapped inside a riddle inside an enigma. Explain what cinema was before to the people of Arizona, what she is now, and what it is that Americans might be missing about her. Yeah, well, I think she's changed a lot. Just uh, seeing if you want to actually get things done, you need to sometimes at least work across the aisle. When she started out in Arizona, she worked in the state house. She was elected there. She started out actually in the Green Party for about four years, couldn't win an election, became a Democrat, called herself a Prada-socialist, meaning basically, you know, she liked Marx but also liked to wear nice clothing as well. Um, so she was really on the far, far left. But then she really had a transformation and just started working across the aisle aggressively. Uh, she would pick out the most conservative uh, people in the state house and just work with them to get some things done, to try to find these uh, issues that most people, regardless of their party, agree upon. And uh, she's been stuck there ever since. She was actually my representative when she was elected to Congress and uh, drove me crazy because I wanted, <laughs> I wanted a Republican in there. But anytime I got a mailer from her, it was, you know, nothing but seas of waving American flags, smiling veterans. You would think she was the most rock rib conservative uh, you would ever talk to. And that's how she ran for Senate as well. She never mentioned the Democratic Party. She just stressed, I'm an independent. I work across the aisle. This is who I am. So she has really transformed herself over the years. And uh, just this let's mock and humiliate and chase into bathrooms, change her mind. I, I think it's only going to stiffen her spine. You know, I when she's up for re-election, I'm probably voting GOP because I think I'd rather have a Republican there than a Democrat. But uh, she is willing to uh, tweak the nose of the party bosses. And uh, the same people who loved it when McCain did that uh, sure do hate it when she does it. Talking to John Gabriel, editor at Ricochet. You find his work at AZ Central. Uh, XJohn on Twitter, E-X-J-O-N. Your piece in National Review, to understand cinema, you need to understand Arizona. So, okay, I want to understand what it is that she's doing. Certainly when it comes to the $3.5 trillion, I want to know where the real opposition is. But what is it that you need to understand about Arizona in order to understand Senator Cinema? I think a lot of uh, states in the Mountain West kind of share this as well. I'm sure a lot of people in Indiana feel the same way. But uh, what you have here in Arizona, uh, you know, are you a red state or a blue state or are you purple or what? And I always explain to political newcomers here, if they move to the state, maybe won a campaign or something like that, I said, just to understand the state, we're not progressive, certainly, but we're not really conservative. Arizona is contrarian. Uh, we just get so tired of uh, people on the East Coast, especially in D.C., whether it's Wall Street, whatever. Uh, we just love tweaking their noses. And sometimes, uh, you know, we'll cut off our own nose despite our despite our face. But on the other hand, if you have a statewide Arizona politician who's getting yelled at by Hollywood celebrities, 
getting yelled at by party bosses, getting yelled at by uh, media columnists in uh, New York and D.C. Um, voters back home love that. Um, it's almost one of these things like uh, city slickers versus country folk or something like that. But people in Arizona want someone who challenges the status quo, even if it's their own party sometimes. And uh, you can see that going back to McCain, who would tick off conservatives like myself, but before him, Goldwater, who would tick off, I guess you'd call them the rhinos of their day, uh, he just loved tweaking their noses. And Cinema was born and raised in Arizona, and I think she observed those people and uh, has kind of, over the years, uh, become more to their liking and just saying, yeah, I, I do want to tweak to outsiders. I have my own ideas, and uh, if I want to represent the people of my state, I'm not just going to take marching orders from the press, from uh, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, or uh, anyone else who thinks they can control me. So we've seen her oppose the $3.5 trillion, which isn't an infrastructure bill as we know it. And, and certainly it seems to be the idea of the spending, although I have not heard whether or not she opposes specific things within the bill. But where does this also put her on things like, for example, the debt limit where Joe Biden has gone and lost his mind. Republicans are going to destroy the country if we don't raise the debt limits. They're the most evil people in the world. He's trying to, of course, take uh, the eye off of the disaster that was the Democratic Party on both of these infrastructure bills, which they single-handedly uh, ruined. Where is she on the debt limit? I mean, is it just this spending conversation on the $3.5 trillion? Or is her plan to say, you know what, I'm going to burn part of it down until we figure out how to do this better? Yeah, I think she would want to give in on the debt limit um, like most politicians. She's still, you know, a lot of us conservatives can root her on. <laughs> she's uh, annoying Democrats, but she's by no means is she a conservative um, ideologically or otherwise. And so I think she would want to get to some kind of situation where they can raise the, uh, raise the debt ceiling. Um, at this point, it's not a debt ceiling. It's a retractable roof. All, all they want to do is get further in debt. Uh, but I think that would actually motivate her to want to support the Democrats to increase that. Um, you know, But the $3.5 trillion, I think just anybody looks at that with any common sense and says, this is crazy, <laughs> especially with inflation rising. Talking to John Gabriel of AZ Central, writing there in Arizona, and the editor at Ricochet, ricochet.com. She's not a conservative. Nobody should think she's a conservative. But the people on the political right, and these are our people, John, and we have hung around them, we've had drinks with them, and we have seen them in their worst and at their best. Man, oh man, do they love to pick up a new idol every now and again. They love to celebrate people who do one thing they agree with and laud and glorify them and put them up on, on, on that pedestal every which way. Have you been cautioning against doing that with cinema as you're just discussing right now? Or is, is there a bit of horse out of the barn and people are just going to do this because it works for them at the moment to get a couple of hits or a couple of likes on social media, then they'll go back to bashing in two days? Yeah, I've warned several people and living here in Arizona as well. You know, I'll see people, especially if they don't follow politics too closely. Um, and I know these rock rib conservatives are like, oh, heck yeah, I'm voting for her to be reelected. Re this is fun. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
she does not agree with you or with me or any other conservatives, really. Um, it's great to see the occasional time where, where we can side with her and cheer her on. But, uh, yeah, by no means, I think at this point, she's more of a moderate Democrat, uh, but that's still far too far to the left for most of the people in the GOP, certainly the party base. So, yeah, there's no need to idolize any politician, let alone uh, a Democrat. But you can admire the pluck and just the general annoyance. Uh, it's pretty fun to watch uh, everyone in the Beltway squirm. Why can't we control her? Uh, that part is fun. Uh, it, that that part really phone. is amazing because it, it's even it's even more to the point of just about her. They're saying out loud, your job is to do what we media tell you. When the New York Times puts this out there, they're saying quite clearly, we tell you what to do and then you go do it. That's our deal, honey. And that's what they're, I mean, it is in that sexist style. Anybody who's okay with a woman being followed into the bathroom is clearly okay with sexism. And this is the part that seems they are more disgusted by than anything else. Yeah, and I, I think part of the reason I wrote this article for National Review, just trying to explain this kind of uh, joke that it's an oppositional defiant disorder that uh, many of us in the Mountain West have, just wanting to tweak the outsider and things. But uh, it's just been amazing to see how foolish these people are thinking they can change her mind by saying, oh, wow, now she'll be in trouble in Arizona, you know, out in the deserts, out in the mountains. She'll really be in trouble because this lady from the New York Times doesn't approve of her. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of comical to those of us, people in Indiana, people in Arizona, that uh, someone sitting in a cubicle in Manhattan would think this way. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought if you want to change her mind, that is the worst way to go about it. It's just going to stiffen her resolve and make her rise in the polls statewide in the state that she represents. By the way, just so we all are on the same page, there's no way she says, all right, Democrats, I'll be an independent. Well, be best of luck to you. She's not doing that, is she? No, no, I don't see that happening at all. Uh, some people have said, wow, may maybe you should cross the aisle of Christian cinema. No, she's she's by no means a Republican of any kind, let alone a conservative. Um, but I think she realizes that by working across the aisle, she can be a senator. You know, look at Mitt Romney when he'll do these things to undercut our last President Trump, and it would annoy Republicans all the time. But people kept talking about him. And I think if she can be seen to be reaching across the aisle as a Democrat, uh, voters back home will be more likely to support her. And uh, looking at the track record of the state going all the way back to the 1960s, um, they want senators who work across the aisle and don't mind uh, ticking off their own leadership. John Gabriel, AZ Central. You find him at Ricochet, Ricochet. Uh, dot com. You can also check out his podcast over there as well. The man does a little bit of everything, so be sure to check it out. John, the king of stuff. That's uh, I believe that's the podcast. I believe that's where you find it right there. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.